Hello and welcome back. We are going to be focusing on the concept of gratitude. This is November. As we head towards Thanksgiving, we start to think about what we're thankful for. Now, this series is titled Gratitude with a Twist. And I am particularly excited about the series because it's based on something I'm going to be preaching throughout the month of November. And that's a new adventure for me. So please continue to pray for my wonderful congregation and the people that I will be delivering these messages to and continue to pray for me and for my heart. When my girls were little, we did what we could to protect them from injury. We placed the little plastic things in the electrical outlets and unplugged certain appliances and we kept the bathroom door shut. We even had some of the locks for the cupboards, those ones that are little plastic things, but they have the clamps on them. And we have those because we had chemicals and other dangerous items inside the cupboards. The clasps felt like they were adult proof most of the time. It was so agitating and time consuming to get them undone. And then one day I finally got one open and I forgot to clasp it back up. It was still in the proper position. It just wasn't clamped shut. So it was easy for me to remove, but somehow it still kept the girls out. I noticed that all they had to do was see the clamp in the right position, and they thought their access was limited, so they didn't even try. Now, I realize that visual illusions are everywhere. As women, we often wear makeup to hide scars and wrinkles and other things we call imperfections. And when I used to teach a class on sensation and perception, I set up a lab where the students were able to experience the connections. So one station was for blind Skittle tasting, and they couldn't believe how many colors they guessed wrong. Soon they realized that seeing the color influenced what they were tasting because they were expecting certain flavors. One station was a blind smell test with common sense you would find anywhere. Same result. They were shocked to know that some could not even recognize the smell of cinnamon or peppermint when they could not see the label of the bottle. And then my favorite station for them to experience was the chocolate station. I had several kinds of chocolate laid out for them to guess the brand. One was Giardelli chocolate and most guessed Hershey's or Nestle. What they did not understand was that when we hear the chocolate is Giardelli, we expect it to taste richer and yummier and better. It is branded that way, so we experience it differently, as better than it might otherwise be. This works in reverse also. There's not much hype about the Good and Gather brand of hot chocolate. I think that's the Target brand. But there's nothing better than a cup of their sea salt caramel hot chocolate in a beautiful mug on a chilly day. Many would not take a chance on it, but would look for a brand that is better known or advertised more prominently for its richness and warmth. And they are missing out. What we see is not always what we get. And in 1 Samuel 16, we get a glimpse into illusions that humans often fall for. We'll start in verse 1. 
Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. I absolutely love how the Lord does not simply tell Samuel which son of Jesse's to find. He tells him, go and find Jesse. I have chosen one of his sons. Of course, the Lord knew, but he simply tells Samuel that one of his sons have been chosen. Then Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. So now there's a bigger challenge of seeking and finding the one God is talking about. There's a fear for his life. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. Follow my way. I have made the path for you, the Lord says. I have found a way and given you a way to do what I have asked you to do. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son, Abinadab, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? Uh, They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's in the field watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him, and he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes, and the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought, and he anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. The Lord does not see what we see. The choice of David would seem ironic to us. Jesse, his own father, did not even see it. Even as he was presenting his sons to Samuel, David was not on his list. He was out tending to the sheep. David was not as tall and strong as his brothers. And David ends up going through some pretty crazy things. He becomes a servant of Saul and ends up running for his life when Saul goes crazy with jealousy and wants to kill him. And we can wonder, how can this boy be anointed and chosen? Why wouldn't God protect him from that? 
And then we know in 2 Samuel 11 that David ends up in a whirlwind of sinful choices, where he decides Bathsheba has to be his, even though she's married to Uriah, one of David's most loyal warriors at that time. And if we keep reading in 2 Samuel, we see that he tried to trick Uriah to cover his sins and then ends up having him killed. And we can ask again, how can this boy be anointed and chosen? Why would God allow such a man to be king? Don't we ask ourselves these questions? Why would God use this person, choose this person, promote this person, qualify this person? Doesn't he know what they have done or how they behave or react or feel? We see the generic brand and expect something pretty pedestrian, but the Lord knows it's rich and deep and wonderful. God sees something different. You see, he said it plainly in 1 Samuel verse 7, the Lord doesn't see the way you see them. And we know our God is sovereign. So not only does he see deeper and fuller into the heart of the person, but he also sees beyond this time and this place. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. God knew that David would fall big time and he knew that his repentant heart would come out and how he would seek God with all his might, soul, his heart. God does not see what we see. Thank God the cover story does not tell everything. Or we might not only be prevented from serving the Lord our God in amazing ways, we might also not have the gift of eternal life. Jesus sure didn't look like the Messiah at first glance. A baby born in a manger, faced with persecution and pain and human difficulty, trials, blame, temptation, hung on a cross, tortured, killed, from the outside, from human perspective, it's difficult to see. That's why we must believe. My question for you today, my challenge for you and for myself, do your visual illusions stop you from loving those who God places in front of you? Do you only see the sins suffering, and weaknesses mixed with a few good qualities they might have? And do you allow that to change how you greet them, speak to them, serve them, and pray for them? Remember, God sees every part of who we are and who others are. He knows our hearts, minds, and souls. Let's thank him today for seeing us beyond what others might and for allowing us the ability to believe in something so powerful that it shatters our visual illusions. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your message today, for loving us enough to see us in full, beyond what others see or think they know. Lord, let us remember that those you place in front of us are also not only what we see or think we know, that you hold them in the palm of your hand and you have chosen and anointed even the least of these. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me today. Next week, we will show gratitude for too much salt. God bless.